Hello, golf fans, and welcome to a 150th Open Championship preview on the Big Deed Podcast. Before I bring in Tom for his uh, golf expertise, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. That golf, baseball, football, more knows what else on the stream coming before more. Also, check out the Big Deed Podcast on Spotify and Apple. So uh, back for his uh, fourth major of the year, uh, Tom, you ready? It's Open Championship Week. It's the one in your backyard. Well, sort of your backyard. Yeah, I mean, that last year it was in my backyard. I think did we did we do this last year? I yes. think we did, right? Yeah. So you know, we've we've been doing these for over a year now, Dad, which is nice. It's been it's always good to talk to you. Um, just listening to you reel off all that all those things that you do on your channel. It's uh, you know, it's amazing the amount of content that you produce. So keep up the good work on that front. Um, Open Championship, right? It's uh, it's exciting. I think it's probably second to the Masters in terms of popularity, probably. Um, it, it seems to be the one that is coveted quite a lot. I suppose if you ask the Americans what the pinnacle is, it's the Masters. If you ask the, the, the Europeans, it's probably the Open. So um, it, it kind of splits there. And then the US Open and the PGA in that order. So big event. Uh, and, and more importantly, didn't we back at the home of golf? Yeah. So how about St. Andrews? I mean, when I think of historic venues around the world, whether it be uh, Old Trafford for football, Fenway Park or Wrigley Field for baseball, there is only one home of golf and it's St. Andrews. Yeah. And it so it's, it's strange because like, Obviously, that's a lot of what it is, is like steeped in history, right? It, it's, you know, it's, it's a historic venue and things like that. But like in terms of the modern day, like it doesn't give golf fans the carnage that they want. Like when you look at the scores of, at the, you know, St. Andrews, they're pretty, they're pretty low. Um, you know, you, you go back to 2015, I think Zach Johnson was he, you know, he must have been, was it 15 under par or, or something along those lines? 15 under par, I think he was. Louis Ustazen, um, you know, he was 16 under par. I think Tiger Woods was almost 20 under par back in 2005 or 2000. So, um, you know, in terms of scoring, it, it gets pretty low at St. Andrews. Well, yeah, I mean, when I think of Open Championship, I think uh, Old Man Weather might have a say in how yeah. difficult or how easy a course plays. Because I remember last year, everybody thought, well, the 2021 Open was going to play very difficult with the uncertainty of the forecast. And Kyle Morcow won his Open debut. Yeah, and and I was there, and it, there was there was no wind. Uh, I can I can assure you there was very little wind that week. Uh, it was extremely hot, um, and it, you know I think I think it's interesting doing that. You can probably take what happened in last year's Open not as a pinch of salt because obviously the Open Championship is the Open Championship, and there's certain elements always sort of, you know, go across two venues. But I think with St. Andrews, it kind of in my research that I've been looking at, I think it's pretty American friendly, uh, you know, in terms of open championships for, you know, St. Andrews. So I think that's something to keep in mind as you're looking for your picks at the end of the week. Well, hey, Americans have won four of the last five opens at yeah. St. Andrews. John Daly won in 95. John Daly won a PGA in an open championship. What a hero. I mean, that guy is, is something else, isn't he, right? And then, of course, Tiger, yeah, Tiger went in 2000, 2005. Louis went in 2010. 
and then Zach Johnson went in the last incarnation in 2015. Talking of Tiger, let's, let's get that out of the way, I suppose. Um, didn't play the US Open. Uh, didn't didn't feel like he could go there and what is preparing himself for this. Now comes back to St Andrews, where he is a two-time winner. What what are the expectations for Tiger Woods, Dylan? Uh, if we were talking about this in 2015, I would say go win the tournament. But mm-hmm. I don't know what to expect from Tiger. I mean, we've barely, we've only seen him play Augusta and the PGA the last couple of years. So I think any Tiger we get at this point. Especially, especially at a special at a great venue. I mean, Tiger's going to have memories. You get you you have courses where you play well, and Tiger's Tiger's fallen in love with St Andrews since he started since he played his first round here twenty two years ago. And I mean, it's not a long course. It's not. I mean, if Tiger can avoid the fescue and all and the umpteen bunkers, I'm not saying Tiger can win. A will one, but can Tiger make the cut and maybe put in a decent showing? Yeah. I mean, yeah. if Tom I, Watson can almost win the Open at, what, 57, 58, Tiger could. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, imagine if we get another Stuart Sink situation, that would be uh, that would be interesting. But, uh, no, I think, I think you're right. I think what we can probably expect is what he's shown in the other two majors this year, right? He, he's kind of got through the cup, battled, and... Augusta, he looked pretty good for a decent period and, and then tailed off and the PGA tailed off a bit quicker. But, you know, I, I think I think ultimately, if he makes a cut, it, it's just for him, historically, he's just here, right? It's 150th open at the venue that he's won at twice. So I don't think he was going to miss it. Absolutely. And be honest, I think if, I think if this year's Open were at a different venue or the US Open, would have been at like Pebble Beach. It would have Tiger might skip the Open and play the U- U.S. Open, but now with this being a special Open, a la like the 2000 Open at St Andrews, he's not missing this one. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, I think I think like you said earlier, though, it's not a long golf course and and it's not a hilly golf course or anything like that. So he's got things on his side. I mean, I'm just going back to sort of some quotes that Zach Johnson had. Um, you know, back in 2015, and he said he didn't hit anything more than eight iron for his first 11 holes. He had a he hit a punch six iron on the par three, but other than that, he was he was eight iron or less into all these holes. So, um, you know, you can you can just look at short iron play and wedge play, and you know that that favors Tiger Woods, obviously. But uh, and obviously, wide open fairways, he gets a little bit loose for that driver. That that's also good as well. But um, yeah, I don't think we can expect him to win, but I think we can certainly expect maybe a top 30, top 40 for, for Tiger. So speaking of guys who've done well here, how about Louis Usaysen? I mean, you know, maybe Livy, Liv Louis <laughs> Usaysen, but uh, first and second, last two appearances at the Open. I mean, talk about great iron players. I mean, it's... Could Louis back it up and maybe replicate his last two appearances at St. Andrews? I mean, look, his last two starts um, in golf are eighth and fifth, right? Like he finished eighth at the BMW International Open. He shot a third round 65, and he finished fifth at the Live event in Portland. I mean, is that great in that kind of level of field? I don't know. Maybe not. But, 
you know, like you say, a first and second in, you know, in two open championships at this venue. Um, and then you add in the fact that he's pretty good at, you know, opens in general. It's, yeah, I think he's probably got a good chance. I don't, I don't think he's going to have many supporters this week, I would say. Um, mm, but no. was he was he third last year as well in, in the Open? Seems like Rui's been second or third in every major the last 18 months or so. He was, he was the 54-hole leader last year as well, wasn't he, where we all expected him to finally break through again and, and didn't. So um, I would say before he made his move to live, there was probably a lot of people willing him on to finally get that second major. Now I think people will be slightly less enthused, but he still probably has a chance. Yeah, speaking of the 2015 Open, the, taking a break from Louis, uh, thinking back, that you actually bet if you have a funny story on the 2015 Open Championship involving the playoff between Louis, Mark Leachman, and Zach Johnson. I do. So at the start of the week, I'm sure we all remember that uh, Zach Johnson said he had no chance of winning at St Andrews. Uh, it was it was not a good golf course for him. Uh, he'd already said the same about Augusta as well, and then won there. Uh, and before the week, before the start of the week, I bet Louis Oosthuizen. Uh, and then whilst me and my dad were at the Open Championship, we were watching Mark Leishman play golf in the uh, third round, and the weather was horrendous. Like it was really, really bad. And he had just shot um, a sixty-four, and was just sitting in the clubhouse. It was a little bit far behind at this point, but we just knew the carnage was going to ensue in the afternoon. So we put a bet on him at like 50 to 1. Uh, and of course, Mark Leishman, Louis Eustace, both make the playoff uh, with Zach Johnson. Mark Leishman hits his drive straight down the middle, lands in a divot. And uh, the rest is history. He was he was, uh, he was was out early and uh, Zach Johnson won. So a little bit of a sting. I think I was also on Justin Rose that week as well, who was sixth. So um really had a couple of chances and just yeah just Zach Johnson broke my soul which is which is a shame because I quite like Zach Johnson I mean hey Zach Johnson taking the pressure off himself put in the reverse things the reverse things always walks at the golf course <laughs> it does it does it needs some uh needs some conditions to go in his favor for Zach Johnson to uh contend at these golf courses but you know it's uh Interesting to see what he'll do as a as a former Open champion this week. When you think back to 2015, uh, Dylan, I've got a got a bit of trivia for you. So, obviously, we always tend to focus on um, you know Australians. Uh, I've the people that come up in Open Championships. So they tend to be popular. They play well in wind. So we know Mark Leishman. Uh, finished, he won that playoff. Oh, he lost that playoff, sorry. How many Australians in total finished inside the top 10? Well, I'm sure Jason Day was somewhere there because other than Jordan Speed, nobody enjoyed a harder 2015 than Day. Yep. And I know and I know there's got to be there's, there's got to be more, right? I'll leave that to you to uh, to to think about that one. Trying to think of them. I think there's got to be at least one or two more. I don't know the names off the top of my head. The only problem is I don't even know. The guy I'm thinking of probably wasn't even playing then, and he's not even Australian. He's New Zealand. It definitely wasn't him then. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's uh, this. There is more. I just won't tell you how many. It's not Stuart Appleby, right? <laughs> it's not Stuart Appleby. No, that probably was the the time before that. Yeah, he might have been in like the two thousand open. Yeah. Oh, you little rat! Now you <laughs> stumped me. So we've got Mark Leishman, Jason Day in the top 10 of the Open. Were there any other Australians with them? I think there, w- there would have been some, but I don't know their names. So. All right. Just, in- just inside the top 10. I can't think of it. Adam Scott also finished inside the top 10. Three Australians. So I not remember Adam Scott for crying out loud. But for a country that, you know, doesn't have... I mean, it's, it's produced, obviously, some great golfers, but in terms of representation in the field, I think that's a, a really good strike rate for Australians in the Open. So, again, something maybe to consider. I mean, who have we got this year that are kind of representing Cameron Smith? Um, you've got, you know, Leishman and Scott as well. So... Um, maybe something to think about. I, I don't know whether there's any that I would particularly be going for, but it was pretty amazing. The first day as well of 2015 Open Championship, there were 12 players that were tied eight for better after the first day. How many of them do you think were American? Say it again. So there was 12 players inside the top eight after round one in 2015. So tied eight for better. How many of them do you think were American? All of them. They were not all of them. Not quite. How many? uh, Tied eighth or better. Yeah. So there was 12 12 players in total. Nope. Not quite that many. Eight? Oh, wait. Now, oh, zero. No, 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 no. There's definitely a few. Uh, Dustin Johnson was leading. I'll give you, I'll give you that one. So, I think that was the one when he shot in. Was that the one when he shot like an 80 in the third round? Good question. Let's have a look. But anyway, there were six Americans out, out of the 12 players in the first round uh, tied eight for better, which I thought was I think pretty I could, Let me see if I could get the six. Uh, Ricky Fowler, one of them. No. Jordan. Yes. So you've got Dustin Johnson, Jordan Spieth. That's two of the six. What was Zach then? Zach was one of them. Yes, that's three. Was Tiger one of them? No. These are gonna if, if you Dylan, if you got these three golfers, I'd be very, very concerned because it would be very difficult. Matt Kuchar. No. Although he does play well for the open championship. Yeah, when Jordan I'll give I'll give you a clue. One of them was an amateur. And we don't hear about him anymore. I I will uh who give me a hint on the other two. So the other two, one of them's gone to live golf and one of them wins every now and then in America and shoots 60s but isn't very good. Jim Furyk? No, no, he's very good. Starts with, he's, it's a Robert. Say it again. 
It's a Robert. One of them is called Robert. Robert Streb? Robert Streb was one of the six, so that's four. And then we've got the amateur and then the live uh, defector. I don't think Brooks would Brooks wouldn't have been playing the open then, even though he played a lot of links. I think, I think he was playing, but he wasn't in this top ten. Okay. So we've got we've got Okay, uh, tell me the other two. Tell me the so other So we've got Kevin Nah and Jordan Nibruge or Nibruge, whatever his name is. What the uh, heck? There are too many Jordans playing golf. <laughs> so yeah, if your name is Jordan, you're probably quite good uh, at St Andrews. But uh, yeah, that was 2015. I thought it was a uh, pretty interesting to see how many Americans uh, were, you know, were up on that leaderboard, how many Australians were up at, by the end of the week. Um, Jordan Nebruge actually remained in sixth place by the end of the week. Brits Kepka finished tenth uh, that week. Jordan Spieth fourth. So you know, Americans did very well uh, at the Open Championship at St Andrews. Okay, so uh, back to our normal subject uh, yeah. that so. Uh, Obviously, it seems like uh, seems like all bets have worked out pretty well in majors. I mean, we've gone back and forth, some wins, some losses, some embarrassments. Yep. So, uh, how's your betting card looking like for St. Andrews? You know, I'm, you know, I'm still finalizing it, but the, the really boring thing is, Dylan, is like I remember when we did the Masters at the start of the year and I sort of said that Scotty Scheffler looked really good for it, but I'm going to go away from him because it was really hard for a number one to win and it might be too much pressure. And and Galaxy brain myself into Justin Thomas. Uh, this time, I'm not going to go against the US. And I think Xander Schauffele, uh is going to have a very good chance of winning the Open Championship at St Andrews. I mean, he's currently leading the Scottish Open as we speak. Um, but you know, on top of that, like he's played four open championships in the past already. Um, how many cuts has he made out of those four, Dylan? Uh, don't tell me he's four for four, he's four for four in uh open championship cuts. Uh, he's already got a second place uh finish in the open championship as well. So, you know, that was at Carnoustie, another Scottish venue. So all of a sudden, things look really good. I mean, he was 20th on his Open Championship debut in 2017. Um, 41st in 2019 wasn't great, and 26th last year. But, you know, he's playing such good golf right now. And it just seems really, really silly to go away from someone that we know can finish inside the top 10 of majors at a pretty impressive clip. Are you, wor- are you worried that Xander Shoffley can't play well without Patrick Cantley? <laughs> um, no, I think I think he'd be okay. Although, having said that, Patrick Cantlay is currently uh, sneaking up the leaderboard at the Scottish Open as well, so maybe he'll oh, be a factor, factor next week. Maybe they get paired together. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, that would be a little bit of bias. Uh, who else besides Xander is makes the uh, so, uh, so? So then, I think Jordan Spieth is coming into the reckoning again. Uh, you mentioned. Obviously, uh, last time out, he played well here, um, finishing that fourth place. And again, just talking of people that play Open Championships very, very well, full first, ninth, second and 20th he's got. Um, how many cuts has he made out of eight, Dylan, in Open Championships? All of them. All eight, all eight uh, cuts. So he finished 44th and 36th on his first two starts and then went fourth, 30th, first, ninth, 20th, second. Um I mean, that's pretty impressive, right? Like first, second and fourth in eight Open Championships, uh, coming back to a golf course. So he probably should have 
actually been in that playoff at least uh, in 2015 as well. So um, playing good golf at the right time at the Scottish Open. He's currently uh, sitting at four under waiting to tee off as we speak. That's just about a minute's time before he tees off at the Scottish Open. So if he has a bad round, maybe that puts a few people off, but uh, I will probably still be on Jordan Spieth. And then I think you've got to... Then you've got some decisions to make, right? Like I think it depends how you feel about these guys that have gone over to live like and, and how you quantify their form because... Dustin Johnson's quite an attractive price. Uh, Louis Eustazen's good price, as we mentioned earlier. Brooks Kepka's always someone that you look at for major championships. I, I don't think I'm going to go with them, but you know, I, I think they're they're people that are worth considering. And then we think about someone from a home contingent. Like, I don't think he's going to win, and I don't think he's going to contend. I'm always very against him. But Robert McIntyre has played in two Open Championships and finished sixth and eighth, and is now playing at St Andrews. So. Uh, maybe someone, especially for DFS, is someone that's worth putting into your cards. And uh, someone more familiar with Link's golf. I, I don't think being a left-hander of person, we've seen Phil win a, an open in the past and, and contend in another one. I, and, uh, of course, while it may not be the longest course, I do think on some of those holes, having a driver in McIntyre's hands will help because – He's one of the longest drivers on tour, so he can bomb it on these long Paul fours or the two Paul fives. I think McIntyre is definitely a really intriguing guy at uh, plus sixty five hundred. See who uh, who would be interesting, right? And th- this was a person that I think you, maybe you might have seen the tweet that I did last week. Um, he played horrendous this week, which kind of put the brakes on on what I was thinking, but. Uh, Danny Willett loves St. Andrews. Absolutely loves St. Andrews. We know he can win a major championship. He's won at Augusta. Um, pretty sure he was sixth here in 2015. Um, let me just double check my uh, my memories on that. Yes, he was. So he was tied for sixth with Sergio Garcia, Justin Rowe, Jordan Ebruge on 11 under. Um, and he actually had a really hot start. I think he was um, only one behind dusting uh, at the halfway stage at uh, St. Andrews. So... Danny Willett, if he can find some form after a pretty disappointing effort last week, um, I think he'd be interesting as well. Well, my betting code's a little bit all over the place. Uh, you you really like Jordan Speed. How about the guy who won the Open last year, Colin Morcow? And anytime I see Colin Morcow with a two in his betting line, I am very okay. intrigued. I understand Colin Morcow. Crap the bed, missed the cut, but but I'm okay with it. You know, everybody looks back in the third round when he blew it in the horrific weather condition, but the two final rounds at Augusta and Brookline showed me something. I feel like this is a course where you've got wider fairways, so accuracy is not going to be the problem. It's going to be who can who can hit their approach. Which guy can hit his approach shots well? And Colin Cow can can hit those second shots from anywhere. He's not going to have. He's not. He's he's more than capable of winning it open. We've seen where guys guys find even young guys can do well on links golf course. I mean, Tiger went back to back. I mean, who's it might be crazy, but Colin Cow do the same. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's interesting because. 
it seems to be that accuracy is actually a little bit more important here, which doesn't make sense when you consider how wide the fairways are, right? But I think because they're so wide that like people just get a bit too wild with them and don't really care. Whereas if you do actually just hone in and, and hit those fairways, they do seem to uh, to pay off. So Zach Johnson was third in fairways hit uh, the, the week he won. He hit 85.9% of fairways. Louis uh, Sazen. Uh, sorry? That walks. That walks. Yeah. Guess how many, I guess the percentage of fairways that Louis Eustazen hit in 2010. EDE. 85.9%, exactly the same as Zach Johnson. Uh, he led the field. And then Tiger, both years, 73.4% top 10, 79.7% top 10 again. So um, it seems to be that accuracy over the distance, I mean, Tiger actually led the field in distance the first two times that he won 2000, 2005, Louis was fourth, and then Zach Johnson was sixth. Yeah, so it really just depends. I suppose, like you said, that it probably does benefit to be longer, but I think Morikawa is long enough, and he's definitely accurate enough uh, on a good day. I think the only thing that concerns me a little bit is like, do we put too much stock in the Open Championship last year that wasn't really a Lynx test? Like, if if it does get really windy, you know, we've seen him miss the cut in the, or play badly in the Scottish Open twice now. Um, does that change things? Would be my only concern with Colin Morikawa. But I, I, I like you when he's got a two in front of him, it has to be considered. And I can't help it. I'm going to bet, bet him. If I could bet him, I would bet him until he wins a major. But <laughs> Will's out to us at 25 to 1. In fact, he might even go up. In fact, those numbers might get a little juicier now that yep. he missed the cup. But you know, Will Zalatoris has got six top eight finishes and nine major starts. I don't care if he missed the cut last week at the Scottish Open. I don't care if he WD last year. Last year, he can play in any conditions. He can he can play in the wind, play in cold weather, and I love his approach shot. I'm not, I'm a little worried about his lack of accuracy, but if it's a second shot golf course, there's no better. Iron a wedge player in the world right now than Will Z. Yeah, I, I I agree a lot with that. Um, you know, but unfortunately he had to withdraw last year. I think he hit a hit it was either a rock or he hit a you know a hard bit of grass and, and hurt himself. But um I can't remember how he was getting on. I think he was playing pretty decently up until that point as well. So um, like you say, just in terms of just pure um, you know skill level, talent level, major record, uh, Will Zalasaurus has got to be considered. He actually opened, I've just, just looked, opened with a 69 at the Open last year, was was in 30, 32nd place before I can withdraw. So, um, yeah, I like Zalasaurus. I actually preferred him for the St Andrews Open rather than the Scottish Open. I think it was it, it more suits him. I think the, the American style of the golf course, we hear a lot about, you know, Masters form kind of... Um, translating to St Andrews, which makes sense, right? You know, Zach Johnson and Tiger Woods have both won at Augusta. Louis Stason's lost in a playoff at Augusta. And they're, they're the last three people to win at St Andrews. So maybe it's worth looking at some recent Masters leaderboards. And uh, then I am going all the way to 65 because I like me some Adam Scott. You know, you think Australians do all the open. They do yep. all the St. Andrews. We know what kind of a ball striker Adam Scott can be. The only question is, can he can he make a few putts? Because if Adam Scott makes a few putts, look out. 
But if Adam Scott can't make putts, he's done. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, and that's been his mo for his career, right? You know, we we've we've kind of been saying the same thing about Adam Scott for a long time now. But it's true; it's, it really is. Um, I'll tell you who I'm interested to see how he gets on. Then I really don't know. I thought he was going to struggle this week with all the added pressure and being a major champion. What's Matt Fitzpatrick going to do? Like coming off his first major win. He's currently inside the top 10 at the Scottish Open. Uh, just got his uh, final round underway. Uh, he's four back. Finished 14th at the Masters. You know, we're talking about the things. And I think he had a seventh place finish before that as well. Um, you know, it's it's really tough to tell. I think it's going to be too much to try and go back to back. But he's been 20th and 26th in his last two Opens. Like, and he plays a Dunhill links okay, if, if memory serves. So... Um, you know, there, there's everything to like about Fitzpatrick. He's got a 15th and 26th finish at, uh, at Dunhill Links. I think I think Fitz is an intriguing guy. I mean, he is a little juicier than I would want him to be at 16 at a, what is he, 16 to 1? But yeah, 16 to 1, like uh, if you asked me and said, who would I rather have in 16? I mean, JT, Spieth, I mean, Fitz. If it's capable of winning again, I mean, we're... look, Xander, Xander, and Spieth being the same sort of prices means I don't have to put him on my betting card. But like, yeah. it, I, ju- I just think it's going to be interesting. Like, Rory is the clear favourite, which I think is actually quite surprising. Um, absolutely, because we've seen Rory absolutely crap the bed in his last two majors. Yeah, and and just in opens in general, like, like I know he's obviously won one at Hoylake, but you know he he struggled in his home open when it was in Ireland. Um, and you know, if there is any wind, I don't necessarily trust him. I do think he's playing a lot better this season than than we've seen in you know recent years. But um, really hard to to kind of get behind Roy McIlroy, especially at a short price. So um, Tony Fee now plays phenomenally well in Open Championships. Um, that's always something I tend to fall for. Guess how many cuts he's made out of five, Dylan? All five. Yep, and he's never finished worse than twenty seventh. Uh, in an open championship. So and then uh, a miss and then a missed the cup by one shot like he did at the US Open, which pissed me off. <laughs> that sounds like something that Tony Fino would do. Um just you know hurt people in in the worst possible way. Um I suppose we should talk about the chances of, of John Rahm and Rory McElroy. Like if you had to pick one of the two, who would you go for? Rahm. Rahm. Is that, is that just because you've seen what's happened to Rory in the last couple? No, because John Rahm's done better. Well, to me, Rahm's done better on Lynx-style golf course. It's only a matter of time before Rahm contends, if not wins and wins an Open. We've seen what Rahm's capable of doing. Spaniards have done more. I mean, think of how many times Seppi won or contended at the Open. Sergio all but won a couple all but won the 2007-2008 Open. And I feel like Rom's capable of winning anywhere. And who's to say it's I'm just saying the home of golf wouldn't be a bad place for Rom to win another major. It wouldn't, would it? I mean, you talk of Sergio as well. He's got a, such a good Open record, but he has really gone. He's gone, isn't he, at the game right now? Benito! Uh, <laughs> yeah, he does feel like he's Benito. Yeah, he's... Uh, he, he looks to be gone, which is which is sad. I actually quite like Sergio Garcia as much as he uh, rubs people up the wrong way. I, I do think it's a career that we should be uh, we should be celebrating rather than vindicating at the moment. So 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. Like, I think he is going to struggle, but uh, he does like his type of goal. Who is one uh, one uh, one name? Yeah. Who do you think will be the Chalkies guy betting DFS-wise this week? Uh, Xander Schoffele. It's not a bad, yeah. Maybe Jordan Spieth. I think he, he might not be too far behind, but I, I guess because Schoffele is at $100 cheaper on DFS, um, I think a lot of people are going to start their lineups with Xander. Let me see. Where are you? You know, until this week, I was thinking it'd be Ryan Fox at 7,100, and guess what? He missed the, And guess what? Didn't he miss the cut? He made it, but hasn't done much much else than that. I think he's uh, he's strong. But he's, yeah. I feel like Ryan Fox, one of those guys, he's done well this year in Europlane. And we've seen more guys from Australia or New Zealand from that area of the world have done well on least good cause. He can play in the win and maybe Ryan. I mean, I thinking going into this week, I thought Ryan Fox would have been chalky, especially if he did well. Maybe that, maybe his lack of performance this week takes off some of the ownership. Where are you seeing what Xander, Cantley, Fitz are doing? He was, he was before this week at the Scottish Open. He was, uh, you know, obviously I worked for Odds Checker and he was the most bet golfer uh, for the Open Championship. He had 9.7% of the bets uh, for the Open Championship, Ryan Fox. So uh, I still think there'll be some, you know, love for him, especially if he goes and does something um you know in a, in a practice round that we get some details off or anything like that but uh yeah i think like you say it might have called off a little bit with the performance this week but he's still 7100 and could be your last guy in your your lineup absolutely actually you're looking at it now ryan palmer is currently second again in the scottish open oh no not <laughs> He's uh, he he seems to be getting himself in uh, in contention in this event a couple of times. Um, is he in the field for next week? I don't know if Palmer's in the field for. Let's the... have a look. Let me just bring it up in front of me here. Uh, not no, he he's not at the moment, but he could get in with this uh, if he gets inside the top three, right? Something like that. Yeah, so this is this the first three players on this leaderboard. Uh, that are not already qualified that will get into the open. So I think you've got the likes of uh, Cabrera Bello will be going for that. He's currently second behind Xander Schoffele. Uh, Ryan Palmer, Alex Smalley, I don't believe, is in the is in the open championship field just yet. Uh, Thomas Dietrich already is. So he he's one that we don't need to worry about. So, you know, Rasmus Hoygaard is, is another one that's still trying to get in. So who do you think is going to win. Like, who, who would be, if you had one pick, like, forget about odds, DFS, anything. Like, if you if I just said to you, Dylan, who's going to win the Open, who would it be? Well, Zalatoris will find ah. this major. And why do you think it will come here instead of the other venues that he hasn't won at? Because he, he's due six top eight finishes in nine major starts, Three runner-up finishes at the Masters, U.S. Open, PGA Championship. Does he not just finish second, so he gets the the uh, 
the full house like Louis stays in. Oh, Ricky, oh, Ricky Fowler, the one year he was top five in all four majors and yeah. didn't win one of the, any of them. No, it's uh, wow. I mean, I really, I'd love to see Zalasaurus win it. It'd be great. If, uh, you know, he's someone I've had on my podcast before. He's, you know, a really nice guy, really believes in himself. But, um, yeah, I just, I just fear the worst for him. Like, I just, I just see it being so close again. Um, if I had one, I'd, I mean, it's really tough, I think, between Shuffle and Spieth for me, who I'd go for. But yeah, it'd be one of those two for me. But I, I wholeheartedly understand the Zalasaurus love. It makes sense. Okay, who you have to pick between Jordan and Xander? If I had to pick, uh, I will go Xander. And this is without knowing, obviously, we're, we're recording right now with how he's coped with this final round pressure. Um, but I'm going to go with Xander, hoping that he uh, gets the win today. Yeah, and then, and then everybody will be on him, and he'll probably end up T3 again because, yep. because talk about a guy who's done everything but win a major. Xander's done everything but win a major. You know, do you know what's going to happen this week, Dylan? I'm I'm going to end up copying your bet in Will Zalasaurus. I'm going to have already bet Xander Schauffele, bet Jordan Spieth. It's going to be a four-man playoff, and Ryan Palmer is going to win after getting in this week. Oh, you know what? It'll be, you know who it'll be? It'll be trying to think. It'll be Jordan Spieth. Xander, Will Zalatoris, and name me another guy. Name me another top golfer. Justin Thomas. And JT. And JT's going to win just as <laughs> ribs. I'll tell you someone we haven't spoken about this at the top. What do we think about Shane Lowry? Hmm. Interesting. Like, he's obviously an open champion in the past. He, he finished 12th last year as well um, in the one in Kent. Um, I don't know. I mean, he wasn't that great in opens before that. Like he had four straight missed cuts, but I'm pretty sure he did okay here uh, in the Open Championship in 2015. So um, maybe just someone to. I I don't actually. I think he's dipped in form recently, um, but it's definitely someone you can consider. Yeah, especially if, I mean, he's played well in difficult golf course. He was T3 at the Masters. Probably should have won Heritage before hitting a ball, his tee shot in the water on one on, a, on that pole three. But, wow, he's capable. And and uh, if it gets a little windy, it's right up Chain Lowry's alley. Cantlay is currently five under at the Scottish Open and two behind. And he has a tied 12th finish in the Open Championship in the past in 2018, which was also in Scotland. That was at Carnoustie. Uh, yeah, so just one, that was the one that Francesco Molinoli beat Tiger. It was, yep. And we had uh, that was another one where you could have had a, a couple of surprise winners in Kevin Kisner. Um, Justin Rose was up there as well. So uh, maybe Cantlay is someone to keep an eye on as well. Someone I've basically given up on, but uh, seems to be playing himself into contention now. <laughs> so many names, Dylan. So many names and so so little time to choose. Yeah, be honest. The problem without a dominant golfer now is that there are literally 15 guys you could choose from. And then the 16th guy wins. Yeah. I mean, I actually realistically think there's probably, there's probably 30 names right now that if they won on Sunday, I'd go, yeah, that makes sense. Like, 
which which makes it so hard. Yeah, makes it, and the open allows for different guys because you don't need to be a Bryson DeChambeau hitter. You don't need to be the world's longest driver. You put the ball in the fairway, put the ball in the green, make the putt, avoid the bunkers. By the way, in Europe, the bunkers are hazards. Don't hit the ball in the road hole bunker. You will be you will be sent that, to the beach. That is, a, that is about your only uh, concern this week, because if you avoid the bunkers, you're probably okay. It's yeah, interesting yeah. you mentioned Boris and DeChambeau there. Do you remember when he went for that little dominant spell and everyone said, imagine when he gets to St Andrews and just absolutely ruins the home of golf. Uh, and now we hit. Now we're here two years later, and no one's talking about him for the Open Championship. Crickets. It's absolutely crazy. Finished tenth in Portland. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, if he's if he's healthy, that's an interesting interesting name. I think. Bigger name, Hasman. He's the Hasman. The thing is with him is that, like, I think there is still a little bit of nostalgia and love for the game in Bryson DeChambeau's like headspace. So I think winning at the home of golf would be really important to him. So uh, he's as big as 120 to one on Betfair in England. So oh, uh, Lord. it's, it's a, uh, it's a decision to make, but uh, yeah, I, I just, you know, here we are, Dylan, we're, what are we? 49 minutes in and uh, you know, we're struggling. We're, str- we're struggling to nail it down. You've gone Zalatoris. I've gone Xander. Um, but there's so many names, right? Like there's there's names we haven't even mentioned yet. That like, I, I I mean, if you throw a name at me, I've got everything I can say about them. But uh, it, it could be here all night. Yeah. So thanks for hopping on, Tom. Wish you bets well, and uh, hopefully this year's Open provides just as much drama as the uh, other 149 Opens we've seen in your neck of the woods. I, I do hope so. I hope it's not ruined by. Uh, a weather split. I know that's you know people want to see this this difficult weather, but I don't necessarily like it when fifty percent of the field can't win just because of their tea time. So uh, keep an eye out for that. 